This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. The Ford government's first budget drops at 4 p.m. today. We will be all over it, and we already know some of what will be in. A partial rebate for daycare costs, eliminating nearly 3,500 teaching jobs through attrition, a new slogan for Ontario license plates, a place to grow, don't make me sing, legalized tailgate parties, an $11.2 billion commitment to build subways and rapid transit, and the centerpiece, the key, what will be for seniors, for the older demographic, a $100 million program to provide free dental care. I'm here with Laura Tamblin. Watts, the chief public policy offer for CARP? And Laura, what do you make of that? Well, we're very pleased. We have been advocating for dental care, particularly for low-income seniors, for some time. And it's part of our national policy platform, the Faces of CARP. I think what we need to find out more is whether or not this is just hygiene, so the cleaning, which is important, or whether it's going to move into restorative care. So if you actually have something wrong with you, will this fix it? Is it going to cover root canals? Is it going to cover cavities being fixed? Is it going to cover dentures and so on? So there's more to learn. I think we'll see that it's probably just more preventive care. Uh-huh. And do you think it'll be capped? Well, it's certainly capped in, in terms of who can access it. It's either you have to have income less than 19000 for a single person and, what, 30000 30, for a couple. Uh, but um, will there be a maximum that you can get in terms of the dental care it buys? I think the answer will be yes. I suspect that we'll see as they roll it out that it will be up to a certain amount. Now, that's been similar to other very limited dental programs we've had for low-income people, often done municipally. So the City of Toronto has one. But we don't know yet. So we'll see. Again, when we think about dental care, it's incredibly important for older adults. It's one of the areas that is being the primary portal to the body. Other forms of infection get in. So it's not just about the teeth themselves. It's about how you get infection into your body. Hygiene matters. Restoration matters more. Okay, yes. And we know that a lot of emergency room visits are, are because of untreated dental problems, oral problems, and it, it leads to other more serious things, which cost the system more money. It's huge. We did a project some years back with the Canadian Centre for Elder Law and Dr. Natalie Archer called the DEER Project, the Dental Elder Abuse Response Project. Folks can find that online. And in our research, we found that it actually is one of the most prevalent forms of elder abuse, particularly for people who are in long-term care or aggregate care or who are being cared for by somebody at home. There's not the dental care. We see terrible circumstances of rotting jaws and broken dentures, infections, and people lose their teeth and thus their ability to eat and speak as a result. So this promise, which was given before, so this was part of their platform, it was an expected promise, looks like they're fulfilling it. We want to know how far will it go. And we're going to find that out today. Okay. And... Are you expecting anything else for the demographic? Age-friendly cities are really a very important 
point. And this government has indicated that it's going to invest in transit and it's going to invest in infrastructure. And investing in transit and infrastructure makes things more elder-friendly. Is it focused on the aging population? No. It's focused on general citizens. It will help older people, however. This is going to be a budget of cutting. And it's going to be a budget where everyone's cuts are coming back. What we're very afraid of is that key social organizations like Elder Abuse Ontario, who provide really even just bare-bones services in the area of elder abuse, are facing cuts as well. So we're worried that we're going to see not-for-profit organizations who've been doing the hard work face cutbacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, are there any mechanisms for other organizations or agencies to step in if that happens? It's pretty dire out there. These are usually very thin agencies and organizations, and the spread doesn't overlap already. And so a cutback, such as the one that was found by the NDP pursuant to a freedom of information request and questioned Minister Cho in the legislature just the other week, where they said that, you know, they found out through freedom of information that Elder Abuse Ontario was being threatened with a 15% cutback. I mean, that's, that's jobs. There's no fat and there's no one else in that space. So we're very concerned about that organization and other similar organizations like Family Councils Ontario, who provide support to families and caregivers in long-term care. So these are hidden pieces in the budget, but we're going to be peering very carefully here at CARP as to what their implications are. And it's interesting that you're saying that uh, what the leak was or the proposal was 15% cut, because remember... Back during the election campaign, and of course, it wouldn't be across the board like this, but Doug Ford kept saying, I'm just going to find four cents on the dollar. What's the problem with finding four cents on the dollar? That's four percent. But obviously, that's that's not spread evenly. Uh, You know, with all of these, these are small organizations, and it's, it's hard to imagine how much all of this would add up to anyway. Exactly. These are really, if you're thinking about it, rounding errors of rounding errors on a budget. But an implication of 15% for a small organization like Elder Abuse Ontario, which is doing on-the-ground training, education, and community connection around abuse and neglect, and is the only organization in the province doing that work, 15% means people's jobs. There's no other fat involved. Okay. Uh, what else are you looking for, if anything, in this budget? You're going to be a guest of the minister, right? I am a guest of the minister. Very pleased to be there in the legislature with the minister. I'll be watching very carefully, of course, around health care and long-term care. Again, the health care has already kind of come out. They've already made their health care announcements. And a lot of the questions around how that's going to work won't be found in this budget. They're going to be found out over the course of the next sort of six months to a year. So I don't expect clarity about the health care system in this budget, but we'll be watching closely. Long-term care will be, again, an important area to focus on. Christine Elliott, when she was running, was talking about the 30,000 long-term care beds that she was planning to add. And when we did a bit more of a delve into that, and you were part of that conversation, you said, well, how many of those are actually brand new beds? And how many of those are just sort of refurbished existing beds? And she admitted at that time, a great bulk of those 30,000 new beds weren't actually quite new at all. They were going to be refurbished, what they call class B beds. So ones that are existing in long-term care that nobody really likes very much. We'll be watching to see how much they're going to invest in long-term care 
And how much is really new investment? Right. And the other thing with that, though, is that if if there is new investment, it takes a long time for that to come on stream. What happens in the meantime, and I guess that if they are successful in, you know, changing things in terms of hallway medicine, then that might alleviate things a little bit. But it, the change has to be with home care, I would think. Home care is going to be such an important piece of this as well. And folks may recall that there was federal transfers of money for home care and also for long-term care. So money came into the systems. We're not entirely clear necessarily if those went into general coffers or how that's going to be played out. So we'll be watching to see if there's increased investment in home care. Now, we see that there's investment in child care. And there's going to be some tax advantages in childcare. So we're going to be curious, will there be a similar type of tax advantage available for family members and friends who are providing care? That's speculation. We don't know. But it would be one way of alleviating some of the backlog. Right. But uh, I don't know. Is it safe to assume that that if they were going to do something like that, there would have been a little hint, a little way to talk it up? Because... It all costs money at the end of the day. Look, I think they probably would have been dropping those hints. But this government is looking for ways to use tax implications as opposed to creating infrastructure investments. So they may have saved a surprise or two. I'll be there in the legislature sitting next to Minister Cho, watching carefully to see what those are. But I think what we're going to see is that we're not going to get magic new long-term care beds overnight. No. So these are going to be longer-term investments. Mind you, they're the beginning of their reign. So there's a few years more for them to be thinking and planning forward. So being a first budget, we can expect some longer term commitments. Mm -hmm. But still, you're expecting a budget of cuts and not anything other than that. This is going to be a very painful budget for a lot of people. Okay, well, uh, we have uh, just over three hours to see how it pans out. And of course, we will be checking back with you later to see your take on what was actually in there. And people, of course, we will be all over this budget starting when it becomes public at four o'clock. Laura Tamlin Watts, thanks so much. Always a pleasure. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.